Welcome to Survival Preparedness for Beginners podcast, where I try to empower you and get you the knowledge that you need to keep you and your family safe during any type of a natural disaster or crisis, so this way you can survive. In the description below, you'll find links to YouTube. You'll find links to my webpage. So I hope that everybody enjoys this and gains the knowledge they need to survive. Hey, welcome back to Survival Preparedness for Beginners. I'm glad that you are here today because we're going to be talking about how much food and water do you need to survive? Welcome to Survival Preparedness for Beginners podcast, where I try to empower you and get you the knowledge that you need to keep you and your family safe during any type of a natural disaster or crisis, so this way you can survive. In the description below, you'll find links to YouTube. You'll find links to my webpage. So I hope that everybody enjoys this and gains the knowledge they need to survive. So the federal government says that you only need a three-day supply of food. Yes, would you believe that, folks? Go right on the internet there and look it up and see what FEMA tells you. You need a three-day supply of food and water. Three gallons of water and three days supply of food. That's all you need. And then they're going to be there. They're going to take you by your hand and they're going to take you off to Walt Disney World and put you up in a nice resort. And don't you worry about a thing. It's all done, taken care of for and paid for. And you ain't got no worries in the world. Now, if that isn't the biggest BS story you have heard today, I don't know what is. So let's go off of what you really need. All right. Now, let's go start with the calorie count, all right? Because a lot of people just don't understand this and don't, don't realize what their calories per day should be. A woman should be about 2,000 calories, which breaks down in a six-month period. We're talking about having a six-month food supply put up just because, okay? So for that six months, is 360,000 calories for a woman. A man is 2,500 calories per day. That breaks down to about 450,000 calories for a six-month period. Now, why am I talking about a six-month period? Well, if you sit back and you really look at what's going on in this country, in this world, of all the different things that have taken place, that are going around, we've got mega droughts, we've got floods, we've had hurricanes, we've had earthquakes. We've had all different types of scenarios that have taken place all around the globe. Volcanoes, the whole nine yards. All right, folks, we're a ticking time bomb. We haven't even talked about the inflation, what's going on with the government, what's going on in politics in general and what directions they're going. We're not even talking about how they want uh, AI to take over and is taking over a lot of different things that people just don't even realize. And in case you don't know what AI means, that's artificial intelligence. It's a very scary thought because computers are slowly taking control and most of you people out there don't realize it. So, water. 
Water is the number one thing that you have to make sure that you secure for your survival. Now, that's the tough one because you need a gallon of water a day, 30 gallons per month, which breaks down to 180 gallons for six months, 360 for a year. All right, now you break down your gallon of water per person into as follow you have a half a gallon to drink, you have a quarter a gallon to cook with, and a quarter of gallon to wash with. Okay, so that's how you got to break that down. So the one gallon covers your drinking, your cooking, and your washing. Washing your body, keeping yourself clean, and the whole nine yards. Even if it is a disastrous type situation, you got to make sure that you stay clean to make sure that you stay healthy. Okay, so what are some of the ways that we can do this? You can start putting up your own food. You can keep track of the calorie count per serving and everything else on everything that you put into your pantries, your storage, whatever it is. If you can food, freeze-dried food, if you dehydrate food, however you do it, however you can afford to do it, you can keep track of the calorie count, okay? And this way here, you can assure that you're going to get close, at least close to the approximate calories per day. Now, another way that you can do this, because that will be a lot of work for you to do. You are going to have to have ways of writing everything down as far as all your calories and everything else. And then you're also going to want to make recipes to go along with those calories So this way here, you already know what kind of meals that you can make with all the food that is in your supply. Now, another way you can do this, which will cost you quite a bit of money, but it does have quite a few benefits. And let's cover some of these. Your freeze-dried foods. Now, there are a ton of freeze-dried companies out there that sell their products online. Some you can even buy in local stores. So I would suggest before you go spending a lot of money on a six-month supply is to see if the company that you think you're going to like or that somebody has talked about and you want to try is to purchase, see if you can purchase a one-pouch deal of it so that you can make it and have everyone in the family taste it and see what they think. Because if you're going to spend this kind of money that I'm going to tell you here in a minute, you want to make sure that your people are going to like it and you're going to eat it. All right. That's the whole key. It's an emergency type situation. You may not have anything else. So what you have to do is if you find one that you do like, you can go on and you can order a six month supply from just about any of the freeze dry companies out there. They also do a year, but that one's going to cost you even more. Your six-month supply is going to start you at about $1,500. Now, here's the bonus to all this. It's already done for you. It's free to stride. It's good for 25 years to 30 years. All you have to do is add water. And you have your whole meal because they do the breakfast, lunch, dinners, the whole nine yards. All done for you. Not to mention, 
if you are limited on your space, it's a space saver. Usually comes in so many totes, containers, buckets. They all ship them in different ways. So it's easier for you to store either under your bed in a closet, spare room, throw a sheet over it, nobody can see it, and you don't even have to worry about it anymore. You just have to make sure that you can get water. You have to make sure that you know where your water source is if you have to get water outside your home. You also have to make sure that you do have a way to filter that water that you are going to get from outside your home. And you have to make sure that you have some way to cook, at least boil water. Because if you're getting it from someplace, and maybe if you're not so sure about it and everything else, even if you filter it, I would highly suggest that you boil it too to make sure that you're killing off anything that's left that the filters didn't catch. And this way here, you're playing it safe. You're not going to get sick because that's the last thing you want. And this way here, safety is the number one concern in an emergency type situation. As I always say, expect the unexpected. Be prepared. So how much food and water do you really need to survive? Well, if you're a woman, you need 2,000 calories per day. If you're a man, you need 2,500 calories per day. And everybody needs a gallon of water. Now, you also could sit there and, you know, you could say, well, I'm going to do half and half. That's great. You can do that. You could have half freeze-dried foods. You could have the other half as all your canned foods and your dry goods. You can put them all up in Marlar bags and do all this kind of stuff. And you're still going to succeed at being prepared for that six-month window. Now, should you go farther than that? Possibly so. We'll have to wait and see how this all plays out. But I would highly suggest for people to strive to hit that six-month goal of having food on hand. Because with the way that everything is going right now, it's like a snowball out of hell. And it's rolling down the hill, folks. So, in closing, I just want everybody to be prepared. And to know how much food and water you actually need to survive on a daily basis. And then multiply that, put it in place, and set a goal for your six-month food and water storage. Your water, you may have to make sure that you have some way to transport water, buckets, whatever. And make sure you know where a good water source is best water source that you can find closest to where your home is or your shelter, depending on the situation. Having the water is the key to the whole survival. We're going to be talking about the top 10 prepper mistakes that you all out there have to avoid to try to keep yourself out of some bad situations. These are really in no particular order. These are just some things that you really want to try to avoid in the situations that we are in. Number one, not knowing how to adapt to a lot of the changing conditions that are going to be happening during a natural disaster 
or a SHTF situation or any of these things. Could be even a major weather event. You know, all these different things are very critical in your survival and your family's survival. So knowing how to adapt is a very important key to your survival. It can be the biggest thing to get you in a lot of trouble really quick if you're not up to speed on how to adapt to changing conditions that are going to probably be happening very rapidly. Number two, not knowing how to use your tools. Your toolkits, your power tools, you know, I mean, people can go out, you can buy saws, you can buy um, hammers and nails and you can buy staple guns and you can have all the fancy equipment and everything else. But if you don't know how to use that kind of stuff, it's useless. You know, I mean, you can have a huge stockpile of all different types of those items. And if you don't know what you're doing, they are really just useless pieces of tools that you have in your toolbox. And that is not something you want in an emergency type situation. As I have done in, say, my hurricane video series, I talked about having a bucket with tools and stuff in it and making sure that you know what you need to do and how to use those tools to get you through the storm. It's no different than being prepared for an emergency situation, whatever it may be. Number three, probably more than likely prepping for unlikely disasters. Now, we've all seen all the TV shows and all this kind of stuff, you know, doomsday preppers and all this kind of thing. Basically, if you prep for things that are in your area to get you going, to get you on the road to being prepped, as in like hurricanes, bad storms, tornadoes, whatever it may be, if you prep for the things that you know are going to happen, and likely they will happen, folks, floods and everything else, if you are prepped and ready for all those type of things, more than likely you're going to be able to survive just about anything else that's going to come down the road and get us because Mother Nature is always going to be coming around and throwing us something, a blizzard, an ice storm, a hurricane, tornado, floods, drought. The whole nine yards, fires, you have to have a plan and prepping for more than likely the unlikely disasters. Like if you think you're going to prep for something like a zombie apocalypse or a, you know, doomsday prepper and all this kind of stuff, you're setting yourself up to fail. So if you start off with prepping for what you know is going to be a lot better for you and your family. Number four, more than likely, there's probably a lot of people out there that are not storing your water properly. You have to make sure that you can store your water properly. If you don't know how to do that, then you want to make sure that you're doing your homework and figuring out how to store your water properly because you don't want to store the water and then come to find out when you need it, it's no good. It doesn't help you out in your situation and it doesn't help your family out either because you failed to follow the rules of storing water properly. You got to make sure that, you know, 
You don't make that mistake, people. You know, I mean, you don't want to have to learn the hard way when it comes to water on how to store and everything else. And you also want to make sure that you have some way to filter that water also and clean it. And this way here, maybe you can survive. Number five, improperly storing your food. Food storage is a huge thing. A lot of people out there ask a lot of questions on how to store different products and everything else. And I've done several videos, especially on rice, on how to do that and how to do it correctly, folks. So you really have to pay attention to when you're storing your food, how you store your food, where you store your food, and everything else. You need to have the proper information so that you will have food. It won't be bad. Nobody's going to get sick or die because they're eating bad contaminated food. This way here, it ensures that you and your family will survive any type of situation. Number six. This one here is... You know, having a preparedness plan, okay? You got to have a preparedness plan and be able to put it in place. I've talked about that several times on this channel about having a plan written into a notebook, into a journal, into something and have a plan written out with where you may have to go if you can't stay in your home. Um, you know, where is the safe point? Who do you notify that you're going to the safe point? All these different types of things, okay? You want to make sure that, you know, it is, you know, you got to list basically each possible scenario that you could run across in a preparedness plan. So this way here, hopefully, you're covering all the different basics so that you and your family can either stay in your home and be safe or if you have to leave your home so that you know where you're going so that you and your family will be safe at that point also. And then number seven is not practicing your preparedness plan. So if let's just say you have to leave your home. Are you prepared and do you know how to, if you have to, rough it out in the woods until it maybe is safe to go home or until you can get to your safe point? You know, I mean, do you understand? I mean, basic camping skills will help you out a lot in that type of scenario. So you want to make sure that you're practicing these things. And if you're an avid camper, hiker, or any of these type of things, you will probably be just fine because you have adapted to the outdoors and you know how to set up a tent, how to set up a tarp to keep people dry and things dry, um, things to do, how to chop wood. You know, basically, you have to have fire so that you can cook and you can also sanitize your water with the fire because you can bring it to a boil. These type of things. So you have a shelter and the whole nine yards. But these are things that you have to make sure that you are doing. And if you're not an avid camper or hiker, I would highly suggest that you get out at least once or twice a year and practice some of these things to, so that you know, if you have to, set it up in your backyard so you know how to use a lot of your different things. Because not knowing how to use these things, you can buy all the gear in the world. You can buy the top gear there is out there. But if you don't know how to utilize it in a survival scenario, it's not going to do you any good. Number eight, which is a big one, 
Don't store all your supplies in one location. If all your supplies is in one location and you have to leave, all right, you're only going to be able to take so much supplies unless you've got a huge trailer or whatever else that you can pull behind your vehicle or whatever. But let's say you don't have that much time. So if you have supplies stored in a different location, either at a friend's house, a family member's house, maybe you have land, maybe you have a cabin, maybe you have a vacation home, whatever the case may be, if you can store some of your products there, split it half and half so you have some in your home and some in your safe area, well, that's a lot better than having everything in one place. You know, you don't want to keep all the bread in one basket, if that makes sense to you all. Because it's not a very good scenario. And what can happen is, if something does majorly happen, you're screwed because if you can't take a lot of those products, now you have to pick and choose what you want to take with you with the availability of the size of your vehicle. Something to think about, folks. All right? Number nine, don't go showing off all your supplies. All right? <clears throat> now, yes, I do videos. I'm a content creator. And I show you some of my stuff. You guys haven't seen all of my stuff. All right? But there's a difference. I'm trying to teach you on how to be prepared, what you need to do, how to do it, what to store, how, you know, the whole nine yards. But you don't need to be bragging to anybody. That's why you want to try to use like a spare room in your house where if you're going to have friends and family or somebody come over for dinner or whatever else, close the door. They don't need to know what's in there. You know, this way here, what you have is what you have and nobody else needs to know about it because the less people know, the better off you are in a survival SHTF type situation. So remember that, all right? Because you don't want all the information out there because then all these people are going to be coming to you when everything goes south. If you get what I'm saying, folks, it's not a safe way to practice being a prepper. The last one on this list is believing you can survive on your own. Now, we all have this belief that, you know, if something happened, you know, we can all survive on our own. We'll just go live in the woods and I'll be set and I ain't got to worry about anything. More than likely for most people, that is not a justifiable scenario you want to put yourself into. Having a community or having a group is going to be so much better for you and your family in a SHTF type situation, emergency, natural disaster, or anything else. The more people you can pull together, the more things can get done. People can survive and there is fear in numbers, if you get what I'm saying. So a couple of thugs coming down the road, if they see 25 of you standing out by your garage and you guys are all just hanging out there, more than likely those two thugs are just going to keep on going. If you are standing out by your garage and say you're barbecuing, it's just you, nobody else, and these two thugs come by, more than likely, if it is a SHTF type situation and they're hungry, they're probably going to try to attack you and take whatever you have. You get my point? So believing that you can survive on your own is not really a good 
scenario you want to put yourself into. So you want to make sure that you have other people, whether it be where you live now or where your safe haven is that you're going to go to so that you have other people around you to help protect the whole group and protect you, your family, their families, their kids, and everything else. Just remember this, folks, all right? You might be the crazy one with the tinfoil hat on right now, all right? But one day, mark my words, one day your friends and family members will be knocking on your door when a disaster happens and they don't know what to do and they know more than likely because you'll probably tell your very close friends and your family probably knows what's going on that you have been prepping and you've been putting stuff up and you will be thankful that you were the one who dared to have a disaster preparedness plan in place and that you were prepared and ready. And on that, you can rest easy knowing prepping isn't pointless unless you're doing it wrong. So this is why it's so important for everybody out there to try to do your best to be prepared to thrive, to survive, just like I have said in so many videos. Because we all know the government isn't going to be there to help us. History has proven that. You are on your own.